just once again make clear that which most do not seem to understand. This podcast is marked as explicit, not because it offers a mature look into the world of topics not meant for the young or immature, but because it mucks about in very appalling, gormless, and tasteless filth whilst reveling in it. Cinema Psyops aims to drag you down into the very same muck filled with sexual deviancy and decayed morality. Cinema Psyops. They heap weekly praise on such filth while discussing the most base and animalistic urges, reviewing the lowest common denominator of low-grade trash ever considered film.
Welcome to the 372nd consecutive week of Cinema PsyOps. I'm your host, Court, the guy whose voice broke while he was trying to scream hello and is just going to leave it in because that's all the movie this week really fucking deserves. And agreeing with me in my apathy is my co-host, Matt. Did you just go through the change? That was nice. Did it, your it, voice just broke there? Yeah, no. I, it's time I, to I, change. I, I took too big of a hit of oil and my uh, vocal cords were kind of like loosening some phlegm that was left behind and I kind of choked on it and that's why my voice broke that's, but I still kept going. Oh, there you go. But yeah, that's really, yeah, I agree with you. So, that's all this movie deserves. <laughs> yeah, you basically choke on it and still keep going. That's all this movie yeah. deserves. Oh, good Lord almighty. <laughs> that seems like a lot more than this movie deserves now that I yeah, say that. that. Well, really, yeah, that, I mean, that sounds like, you know, a time there, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> sounds like a time that I've been missing for several years of my life. Yeah, right? No shit. Haven't we all? <laughs> <laughs> and by several years, I mean just a few months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but ever since the shit. ever since the Rona first came to the house, yeah, the Rona. Um, Jesus. So Christ. Bev ended up finally testing positive for COVID over this previous week, from what we were talking about, yeah. and now she's back to being uh, negative results on the test, so she can actually resume her normal daily function. But uh, we had to kind of isolate and quarantine together for about two full weeks between the two of us. Yeah. I mean, that's no change for you because you never leave the house. But for her. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much um, uh, really like the worst thing you could do to her. It's like a slow torture for her to be stuck in the house. Not just with me, but just stuck in the house. Yeah, just I mean, I don't think she minds being in there with you. But yeah, just being stuck in any place is bad for uh, Bev. Well, well, anybody being stuck in a place with me is also bad for them as well. <laughs> nah. That part she's probably fine with. Our cats it's, fucking loved it, though. They've just been absorbing all of this attention from both of oh, us. Oh, yeah. The, the cats are like, this is the best time ever. Uh, <laughs> all animals enjoyed COVID a little bit more than probably we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I could probably believe that. Uh, so I actually got a little bit of snuggles while watching this week's film, which is known in English as Don't Panic, uh, was released in Spanish in some of the Spanish language regions as Dimension Occultus, I think. Mm -hmm. okay. And um, basically, I spent the bulk of the movie watching of this film petting Mac and or Mika, depending upon which one decided to lay on me this morning after I got up. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that is the bulk of my enjoyment of Don't Panic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I, I just watched it and was like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll dig into it once we actually start talking about the film. But because Matt's uh, situation has allowed him for no clips this week, you once again don't really get to know just how bad or good this film turned out to be. Uh, you're going to have to take our word for it on us being the catty little bitches that we're apparently going to be. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just how it is. I mean, you guys can find it. Don't panic. Panic is on Shutter, I think. So, if you can um, find it, I know it's on AMC Plus. So yeah, it might be on Shutter as well. Yeah. Um, so have fun. Probably uh, <laughs> on Tubby or Tubi. It seems like everything's on Tubby or Tubi or however that's pronounced. Yeah. However, like, like, however like everything we've covered this year somehow has ended up on Tubby. Yeah. So, exactly. <laughs> basically, almost. Um, this was a uh, Vinegar Syndrome buy for me. It uh, comes in Vinegar Syndrome's wonderful slipcovers. Uh, was probably either a limited edition and on sale or just a super cheap buy that I ended up buying it. And just like last week, uh, Dr. Jekyll's Dungeon of Death. Um, yeah. I'm kind of wondering why 
that this had to have such special treatment like like what is it about this film that they decided they needed to restore it and make sure that it existed in such a format um yeah i'm wondering that myself because it it, it is the strangest fucking movie <laughs> It, it not really all that great. It's quite forgettable. <laughs> well, and there are people that I know that enjoy this film. I've already had someone that has, like, when I posted that we're covering this this week, has basically said that they love this weird little film. And I'm oh. like, yeah, if this is, if, if you're the kind of person that enjoys a film just for, like, constantly wondering what they were thinking while they're making it, this is definitely yeah. a film for you. I will say that it, for sure. Yes, it is. If you if you just want to be baffled about shit, this is exactly what you want to watch. <laughs> like, if you got, if your biggest takeaway from Birdemic was, oh my God, what were they thinking? And that somehow made you enjoy it. This may be the movie for you. Yeah, exactly. I agree. <laughs> like, cause it is, well, it's just weird. <laughs> I feel like an armchair psychologist like myself could probably sit back and try to overanalyze what exactly the filmmakers were going for in this film and may just do that if he feels up to it during the discussion. Yeah, well, that's all on you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel like this film's a cry for help is what I'm saying, Matt. I just figured some people uh, saw uh, various amounts of American-made horror movies and decided to say, fuck it, I'm going to do, I'm going to take like six different movies and mash them into one. <laughs> right, but at the same time, it's a psychological cry for help. Yes, maybe. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing around here anymore. <laughs> well, this week, as I kind of mentioned, which you'll hear in the outtakes, but I might as well tell you here because I'm about to play one of those songs. I picked all songs about Ouija boards or Ouija board or Ouija was in the title in some way shape or form all four of them because i'm pretty sure this review is going to go quick enough that we're going to have to do some news to pat out the episode i'm almost positive <laughs> so we're going to take a little break we're going to play the kevin intro that tells you about the uh, legion patreon giveaways that apparently are still going on it looks like it's once a month and so i put all that stuff back in then we'll have the legion patreon ad proper and after that you're welcome to people who are fans of this gentleman and i'm deeply sorry to people like myself who are not up first is morrissey and ouija board ouija board Hey everyone, this is Kevin. As many of you probably have heard, Bo will be heading back to school to become a teacher. Congratulations, Bo. As such, I'll be taking over the reins, managing, and spreading the good word of Legion Podcasts. To kickstart things off, as an added thank you for patrons, Legion plans to have Steam Code giveaways for current Patreon backers. A random person will be picked from the Patreon, and the winners can choose from the available Steam Codes. Thank you so much for supporting Legion Podcast. You can reach me on Twitter or the Legion Discord group. My username is at LonelyBob. See you around. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com, or in the Legion Network, available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. 
For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. like myself i think you can easily tell why i'm not really into morrissey's music i'm I'm not into morrissey all that much either i guess well and he as a person is also a twat so even if you are into music yeah he's just a fucking twat so then fuck him (laughs) yeah yeah for multiple fucking reasons but let's stop bagging on morrissey and the pirate radio edit because i'm sure that whatever i played will be more enjoyable for both myself and anybody else who's not a morrissey fan on the main feed and uh let's make everybody feel really unhappy and talk about don't panic don't panic. First 20 minutes. All right. Uh, we see a kid. His birthday party's over. He's at 17th birthday. Uh, some friends are being carried out, but he, we have a voiceover that he and his mom moved to Mexico City. Um, and uh, let me just say, those are some of the whitest kids who should be living in Mexico City. So good job whitewashing everything, everyone. You're doing a great job. I just would like to state that the filmmaker actually is Mexican, and um, this was his choice. He wanted to make a film that they shot both in English and in Spanish so that it could play in both markets okay well you're not wrong the cast is whitewashed for being in mexico city but i mean you can't really have it play in an english language market and not have an all-white cast in the 80s pretty much couldn't get away with it that's that's true um well we see mike's mom she's at the top of the stairs she's hitting the bottle bottle pretty good asking everyone's gone he's like yeah as he's uh closing out the lights getting ready to head to bed he hears noises and all of a sudden we see some other friends are there just they they were hiding and they're like hey and they're like also uh this other girl named Alex is there and he's like she's new too and he's all enamored with her and they surprise him with a Ouija board he's not quite happy about it he has probably a bad experience with Ouija boards but he decides all right Uh, we cut to a picture of mom laying in bed drinking staring at a picture of her and her husband who I'm assuming is going to be Mike's dad Um, so there's something going on there Um, they try to contact something but nothing really happens and some of the other guys mainly Mike's best friend Tony kind of gives him shit about his mom's drinking and that kind of even points out how much Mike appears to really like Alex, so it's kind of pissing Alex off. Uh, then um, Mom comes in, and she's like, hey, all of you need to be out of here. She kind of breaks up the party. Before leaving, one of the guys uh, pours rum all over the Ouija board, telling it to have a drink. So everyone's just kind of like, okay, that's probably not the best idea to do. Yeah, even if you don't believe in that sort of thing, which I don't, um, it's, mm-hmm. you know, wood, and it's going to damage the wood to jump, drop alcohol all over it. If you want to disrespect yeah, the Ouija the- board, make it, you know, useful and reproductive 
repurpose it into a tabletop or something. And apparently, man, that shit's going to stay for a day because then we cut to the next morning and Mike's late getting to class. And apparently if you're late, you can't go into your class. And who else is late to class but Alex? So they decide to spend the day together and uh, they just are a couple of white kids really bothering the locals of Mexico City. So uh, good job uh, there. One of the most painful montage romance sequences I have ever watched. Yes. Yeah, it is hella terrible. It's and uh, I just I wanna yeah, I wanna describe it basically yeah, as go this. ahead. No no. They they ride they ride on his bike because he only rides bikes and uh and she's like on the back of it and they like have a picture day it's just a go ahead. Okay. No, I just wanna I'm gonna sum it up as essentially this. You all have seen Naked Gun, the original Naked Gun, I am sure. The sequence that they have where Frank Drebin and uh, Lisa Marie Presley's character go on dates and have this like something to the the turtle something tells me I'm into something good. That was played for laughs and everything was awkward and uncomfortable and felt weird and wrong because they were playing it for laughs and they were trying to make you laugh and have a good time and just like, you know, realize how ridiculous romance can actually be with what they were playing up. That exact same sequence is almost replayed here, including them going biking together and stuff. But like they're playing it up as if it's supposed to be them falling in love and it's supposed to be seriously romantic. And it's just every bit as awkward and hilarious and uncomfortable and just weird and they're still trying to play it up as no these kids are having a wonderful time and falling in love and that's what makes it so offbeat and just that's the tone of this film like everything has this super tongue-in-cheek after-school special feel to it but it wants you to take it deadly serious at the same time yeah it's like hey come on this is uh this is serious stuff they're falling in love they really love one another and you're like yeah and it's off-putting all at once come like, on. it's just completely off-putting yeah it's just really weird um, anyway <laughs> yeah, you have to day. be prepared for that for this film otherwise you're just not going to make it through like you have to be ready for this yeah it's all cringe everything's (laughs) cringy just be ready for that everything's cringe yes um and nothing's not cringy so anyway he 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 you're done with their day she gives him a kiss and heads inside so he visits his best friends tony who's like vomiting and like he was drunk and he's like hey man i'm sorry about yesterday and all that shit and he goes yeah it's fine he goes well i want to talk about this alex chick because he's just really into her so his best friend Tony gives him a rose to give to her and be like, just remember to tell her, like, as long as this rose has bloom or uh, our love for each other, we'll never be apart, that kind of shit. So anyway, that night, like I said, the Ouija is still at the table with all the alcohol on it, so really not the cleanliest house in the world, I guess. And that night, the pointer of the Ouija board flies off and hits the wall. Then we see Mike have a nightmare, a blood, bloody hand coming out of the ceiling. He wakes up and the hand goes away, but then his eyes are red and he sees his vision of one of his friends getting murdered uh, from the you know the Ouija board. And then he wakes up and he's like, holy shit, that was crazy. Um, then the next day, he's at school. He's going to give that rose to Alex, but there's some other dude all over her kissing her. And so he leaves. That's the end of the first 20 minutes. Cringe is a really good word for this film. Because yeah. everything really puts you on a back foot where you're like, you're either questioning why they are filming the things the way they are or why they have infantilized this freshly 17-year-old year old boy with the greatest American hero mullet. Uh, I 
know, right? Nice perm, douche. I think that's natural, dude. I don't think that's a perm. I think that's naturally his hair. He just cut it into a mullet. God damn. Why would you do that to yourself? Yeah, and ever and apparently everybody in this fucking film, including the main female love interest, is like part werewolf because there's an epidemic of brows that join in the middle in this film. Have you noticed that? Yeah, yeah, I noticed that as well. I'm just like, what the hell? Yeah, and I'm just confused and just off put by everything about this film. You yeah, know, like it's... everything. And I'm I'm not sure if they're trying to make me feel uncomfortable. Like this is supposed to feel sort of ethereal and otherworldly and just not quite right and something's off about it. You know, like a John Waters film where everything always feels cringe and off, but he intentionally wants it that way. Yeah, and you can tell they're not doing this intentionally, though. This is they're trying to be serious about this. They don't <laughs> think there should be cringe here, but there is. Right. That's the thing that is really odd about this is because I feel like the filmmakers are really playing this serious. But if they were attempting to make this that kind of John Waters um, irony, cringing feeling that he gets in his films, if they were attempting to do that on purpose, they fucking nail it. And that would make... Like, and if you can view it in that context, then you're going to enjoy this film a hell of a lot more. But you just get this feeling, and I'm glad that you do too, because the whole time I was watching it, I got this feeling of, no, no, they're not trying to make this cringe on purpose. So it's like, you know, this sort of ethereal, weird, otherworldly kind of feel to it. You know, they're not they're not going for that as, a, as an aesthetic. They're trying to make it serious and fucking falling short of that real bad. Yeah, I agree. That's totally what's going on. I mean, they are trying to be serious about this, and that is just... Just horrible. <laughs> it's pretty much at this point at the first 20 minutes where that horrid realization just sinks into my brain. And then I feel bad for the filmmaker. And I feel bad for talking bad about it in my head for the first 20 minutes at this point. And I'm just kind of like, oh, shit, this poor guy. I, this was the best they could do. You know what I, I mean? Don't, I don't feel bad. But he, <laughs> this guy did what he did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you didn't have to do this. I don't think anybody really sets out to try to make a bad movie that feels so hollow and not real. You know what I mean? Like, nobody tries yeah. to do this shit. Well, I get that no one tries it, but it, midway through, you got to know what it is. So <laughs> I just feel bad for everybody that's involved. You know what I mean? Like, I just like, <laughs> did they take it super serious? Like, did they really think that they were making this amazing fucking horror movie that was going to, you know, really just sweep the world? Because you don't, you, you feel like that when you try to make something you know like we have that sometimes when we're making the show and we're like man this turned out to be a really good podcast this is going to be one people are going to remember you know compared to the other ones right we did something really good on this one obviously not this episode but like other episodes we have felt other episodes if you're listening to this episode you think you know something great's gonna happen i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) we're hanging by a thread on this year my dude we really are (laughs) i really i I know right it's just every i'm hanging on a thread just everything wise (laughs) (laughs) right That's absolutely true. And like movies like this are not helping. No, it's just getting terrible out there. (laughs) And like, I just, and you know, having that feeling and knowing what that feeling is, where like you're swinging for the fences and it just fucking keeps failing no matter what you try. Like, I swing and a miss. Right. I just like, I know what that feels like. And I feel so bad for everybody that's involved in this film at this point to where I'm like, dude, you could probably hate this a little less. Right. And spoiler alert, no. Uh, No. At every fucking turn, this movie does something that frustrates me and angers me almost more and more. And it continues to escalate as we go. So that yeah. feeling goes away real quick. Yeah. Yeah. I, if you feel it, that I mean, that's something for you to feel. I do not feel that. Um, 
<laughs> I think this, I do not feel bad for this person at all. <laughs> right. At a certain point, you're like, okay, you, you had to know, right? Like you just, you're just doing this now just to do it. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I mean, just like if, if the person, the people that made this film actually ever hear this fucking episode for whatever fucking reason. Hey, I'm real sorry. I'm sure you did absolutely try, but like, I'm not going to be that nice. Let's move on. Yeah. No, sorry. I mean, everyone gets tough love every now and then. Uh, <laughs> right. I'm sorry. This is just everything about this film makes me feel like you're daring me to watch it. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we start the next 20 minutes. Mike's just hanging out in the classroom, staring at the rose. Alex comes in. She's like, hey, this guy, he's just a friend and he likes to goof around and he's jealous of Mike. And she's like, I, I love you, Mike. And uh, that's going to be a clip. God. Anyway, so <laughs> he falls for all that shit. And he, he still gives her the rose like a real simp. Am I right? <laughs> This uh, this description of like how he's saying it, I'm like, I don't. There is no fucking person that you could do that and tell them that bullshit line about how their hearts will be in sync and the rose will never fade. There yeah. is literally no one that could be that cornball that would fall for this shit. No, no, no. And yeah, so it's just like, what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> like, uh, but you know, hey, everyone, she. Yo, know, he gives her the rose, and they're, then they're back in his room, and she's, you know, like race cars, because he has racing shit up. And, like, literally, for a 17-year-old, his room looks like it's for a 12-year-old, right? I mean, there's race car yeah. posters and shit. Apparently, and, I, I, okay, so after I watched the movie, I actually watched a little bit of an interview with the director, right? Uh-huh. And, um, holy fucking shit, that was intentional. He actually wanted to infantilize our lead character and make him somewhat childish, which is why he has race car posters all over his wall kind of talks like he's seven or eight maybe and yeah. um where's jammies like he's fucking five later on in the yeah movie. okay but we'll get to the jammies when we get to see him better all right you saw him a little bit in the beginning but you didn't get to see him all we will get to the jammies yeah all right okay but that has to wait that yeah. has to wait okay that's fine all i'm saying is that was all intentional like they wanted to infantilize the guy for some reason that's amazing yeah that wasn't that wasn't like a broad fucking fuck up that was a like a executive decision made by the director and crew well i mean at least then that's kind of like all right good <laughs> you, you i guess man the I'll, other way yeah i don't know i really fucking don't but that's it is what it is right it is what it yeah i mean that's the only way you can actually say that it is what it is <laughs> <laughs> right all right, anyway, she said those, then, then she talks about how this is the coolest fucking room she's ever seen. You're like, oh my God. And then they, they of course, they bone. Yeah, so if you're trying to infantilize and make him like a child, then why do you do a sex scene with also a girl that you try to infantilize and make like a child? Holy fucking cringe. They don't show yeah. anything, but still. It's bad. It's real bad. All right. <laughs> It's, it's like so super bad. uncomfortable to anybody but Matt fucking Gates. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Matt Gates thinks that this is all just fine and wonders if he can buy them a fucking plane ticket someplace. <laughs> right. Fuck trafficker. So, um, then later on, he's in his room by himself, and he, this is now where we can talk about it, he's in dinosaur jammies. Like, full jammies. Like, jammy pants, jammy shirt, they match. How did they find fucking little kid jammies that fits like a, what, 20-something-year-old actor, right? I have no idea. Oh, 20-something. These people are fucking 30. Okay. I was trying to be polite, but like a full-grown <laughs> adult male. How do they find little kid jammies that fit a full-grown adult male? I have no idea. No, literally tell really me don't. because I want them for myself. <laughs> you want them for yourself? You want a onesie? <laughs> <laughs> no, they this shit is super cringe. 
Yeah. They should not be having this guy dress like this, and he should not be acting like this much of a child, and there should not be a girl that is that much of a child as well that's into him, and we should not be seeing them have sex. No, that's uh, that was all just really uncomfortable. It's, Again, like, it's like making the character Pee Wee Herman have sex. Oh, they did that in Big Top Pee Wee. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, they did? I, did? I don't think I ever saw that one. I'm pretty sure he got laid in the circus, yeah. Oh, that's... uh. <laughs> That's next level shit right there. Uh, right, it's fucking cringe is what I'm getting at. We can move on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right, all right, all right. No. Holy shit. Um, this made me feel feelings, man. Yeah, it really did. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, his eyes go red again. He has another vision. He sees this girl sleeping and she sees something. Uh, we see now when his eyes go red, apparently he goes blind. He can only see these visions. So he starts fumbling around everywhere. Uh, we see the girl get stabbed over and over until she's dead. It really all it is is a girl up against the wall, and they're literally throwing blood at her. Yeah, yeah. Fake blood on her. Pretty that's, much. That's the uh, killing. The whole thing about him being blind and not being able to see anything else but the visions also yeah. goes away really fast later in the mil- the film. It's just with it this particular back. vision. Yeah, yeah, it does. They just it, it, they I drop mean, it or bring it back whenever they need it to conveniently fulfill whatever plot device they're using. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So they don't even the really eyes, stick to anything. The the devil eyes things do look decent. There are a decent enough effect, and they're painted on really, really well. But the actor is terrible at performing both the yeah. I'm blind, I can't see, and falling about, as well as the shock and terror of having a vision of a murder that you can't stop as though you are the killer. Yeah. So, <laughs> like he, he fails at all regards at delivering anything to make this believable or feel anything other than cringe. Yeah, right? Jesus Christ. <laughs> and he's still in the goddamn jammies. Yeah. Um, so Mike gets up there and he washes his face. Mom's now knocking on the door. And he's oh, he's not saying anything. And he washes his face, looks in the mirror. You can see again, but now is is he's all blood. His face is all blood, and the sinks like running blood. And so then he like shakes his head, and everything's water normal again. And he mom's pounding on the door. And he's like, no, I'm I'm all right, mom, fine. Uh, so then the next morning, uh, his eyes then go back to being red, and he still he can't get that away. So the next morning, he wears sunglasses. Uh, as he's having breakfast, and the TV goes funny, and a face comes out of the TV, telling him that Christy will die next. This, of course, freaks him out. Then Mike's in class, he's dozing off, and his teacher, who's doing a lecture, turns around and, like, in a voice, says that Christy will be the next one to die, and he has to get her out of town that night. So... Then he looks over and he sees Christy in the class and she's all bloody and laughing. And his eyes are all fucking red still. At lunch, uh, Alex comes up to him. She's like, hey, I want you to come over to my house and all that. And Mike kind of blows her up like, goes, oh, I got the homework. Yeah, that's it. Something. And she gets mad and she's like, hey, you're kind of a dick and I can't believe you do this to me. And then a couple of bullies come over and they start bullying him and smash his glasses. But his eyes go back to normal. Um, so then he goes to a doctor with his mom, and they check his eyes again. Like I said, eyes are normal now, and he tells them about the visions and everything. So he even tells says, them that they go red sometimes, but the doctor completely ignores it and doesn't even think yeah, about it. Of course. Then the doctor, you know, he talks to the mom alone and said, "You know, your son's having a psychotic issue. Uh, you know, something that's got to be uh, fixed." And she goes, "There's something you should know. I'm an alcoholic, or I have a drinking problem." Is what she says, and I'm like. That's that's weird just to pull off right there. Right the middle. My <laughs> son's doctor. eyes don't work right because I drink straight spirit alcohol. But the doctor looks at her, all right, that's weird. I never asked, but okay. <laughs> you, uh, god damn, you, you're just letting everything loose here. Um, anyway, <laughs> so then that night, uh, he's kind of walking past his mom's room and hears her talking to the dad. 
And she's like, hey, you know, your son really needs you. And he and you apparently he says he'll be there in two days. And she's like, two days? And she slams the phone like he should be there then. It was just true. Um, so later on, he's watching TV and Alex calls and he, Mike picks up and he hears her, but he can't say anything. He's up the phone and then he has his own little paper clips moment. He starts throwing shit and tearing off his posters. And then he sees new a news report of the two killings that the cops are like, it has to be connected because these people were friends. And then he remembers that warning about Christy. And that's the end of that 20 minutes. If you have anything to say. Uh, this is fucking frustrating at this yeah. point. Um, it wants to do serious, like hardcore horror. It wants to do almost like I said, after school special level of story of a kid's life and the way that he's even being bullied. The bullies are even infantilized a little bit while they're picking on him. Yeah, and it's, it, it's kind of it, weird. It just doesn't make sense. Like the tone shifts so dramatically in all these different directions. Like I just don't think they knew what they wanted to make this film. You yeah, know? they they really didn't know what the hell they were doing. <laughs> they, they 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 wanted to make six different movies. Like I said, they they watched six different like movies about six different subjects in horror, and then they go, you know what? Let's take an aspect to every one of these movies and combine them. Again, the effects where the TV stretches out in the face, talks to him through the static on the TV. That was interesting and kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but then it just, it just completely shifts away from that tone and does something different. And then we have this after school special fighting against bullies kind of thing that they do for a little bit, even though his eyes are still red and he's supposed to be possessed. I mean, it just, it doesn't know what the fuck it wants to do. It's just all over the yeah. place. And it is, like you said, it's completely fucking forgettable. Cause you're right. You're telling me the stuff that you wrote down that happened in the movie. And I'm like, did it? Oh yeah, I guess it, it did. Yeah. Yeah, and I really had to write it down so that I had that shit because it is terrible. And literally, I just finished it like almost right before we were recording, like like less yeah. than a half hour before we actually recorded. Did I get done with everything having yeah, to do with course. this movie? So like, I can't believe that I've forgotten as much about it already that I have. Like, I'm worried that it damaged my brain in some way. It probably did. That <laughs> we can move on. Massive, that are the massive drug use, but whatever. <laughs> Whatever, this is whatever. where the this is where the psyops part of the cinema psyops show comes in for sure. Yeah, right. It's it's killing us. All right. So then the next twenty minutes starts. Mike goes to Christie's house, and her brother's there. And her brother's one of the bullies, and he tells him to fuck off. And then he, Mike gets a vision of her in the hospital working. So then he goes to try to help her there. Then we have a bunch of rigmarole where they're like, "Oh, we're not going to let you in," but he sneaks in. Uh, he's trying to find her. His eyes are all red, creeping people out. While he's trying to find the lab, she's murdered. Um, security gets him, and he's like, oh, but you gotta call, you gotta call. And, like, right before she's murdered, the security calls the lab, because they listen to him. And then one of the other security guys is like, hey, come on, you coming over here? He goes, yeah, and hangs up before she can answer to get help. Then she is murdered. Uh, as they, security has Mike, uh, one of the nurses, the door opens, and then she falls out dead, and Everyone screams, so the security guys go to check it out, and Mike is able to escape. Uh, uh, then uh, Mike's like, kind of like down in the lobby, and the killer comes down, and we see it's his friend Tony, who looks all sorts of possessed, who uh, gave him that rose. Mike escapes, and he gets home, uh, uh, and Mom catches him sneaking in, so she calls the doc, and the doc gives him a sedative so he sleeps. Well, that night, uh, his Mike's dad shows up, and his mom's pissed, and they have a big fight about, like, who's at fault for all this. Like, he blames her drinking, says Mike should have lived with him. She says he's an absentee father, and they don't need his fucking money, because, you know, he sends money to try to help. Well, while they're fighting and stuff, we see 
uh, Christy's brother, uh, John, he sneaks into the room and grabs Mike and picks him up dead weight and carries him out. And I'm like, there's no way a guy that size could carry that kind of dead weight. But all right, whatever. So <laughs> it looks like he does. And I don't see where they did the wires. So weird. Right. Unless that was a dummy. <laughs> By the way, he's still in his jammies for all of this yeah. shit, folks. Oh, yeah. Still in his jammies. So later on that uh, that morning. Uh, he drives Mike out to, uh, like, this field, and he's going to kill him uh, about Chrissy. But Mike says it was Tony who did it. And then Mom shows the cops, like, Mike's pics and the uh, Mike's pictures because he's missing. Another cop tells her about what happened at the hospital and that no one listened to Mike, so Mike might be in danger. So then Mike and John, they get to Tony's house, and it's a bad scene. Like, there's a cross embedded into the wall and all that, and they decide they'll wait for him there. Uh, then we cut to a detective, finds Alex, asks her about, you know, what's kind of going on with Mike, and she's kind of really nervous. That's the end of that 20 minutes before we go into the final 30. For someone who is so convinced that Jammy Boy is the one that harmed your girl that you apparently are avenging with this shotgun and kidnapping, which yeah. if you're just going to kill him, why didn't you just shoot him while he was like unconscious? Right? It's <laughs> like, I, I, uh, yeah, it's kind of, I think you wanted him to know it was coming. Yeah, maybe. But like, why not just wait for him to wake up in his room then? Like, if that's literally your only goal, why because do you he just. doesn't want to also be caught killing him. Yes, I don't. That way that there are other people there. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Maybe that's like the only reason to take him somewhere else. But then just wait for him to come to. Yeah. Uh, listen, I'm not saying what they're doing isn't smart anyway, because I don't know, but I guess I can see at least this guy's motives. But I yeah, also I think don't I understand been so... why he doesn't drive him someplace and then shoot him, but that's probably some macho shit where he wants him to know kind of who's coming after him and stuff. Yeah, and then he just easily is talked out of it with just like a quick excuse about whatever he even comes up with. I don't even remember what it was at this point. And then we're already on to like the next thing where they are all of a sudden going to start hunting out the guy and then they find his room, which is like bullshit exorcist fucked up, but yeah. he's nowhere to be found in it, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's just kind of like, uh, what the hell's going on around here, guys? Or like, why did you spend so much time with the whole like the romance and them falling in love only? Only to go so quickly and only show us like killings, but not actually reveal the possessed person doing the killings yet. You know, like why, why just show it through the eyes of the person who's supposed to be tormented? Yeah. Why are you doing all of this? And why is the guy in his jammies for like the bulk of the runtime? Can I tell you why? why? They don't, they don't know why. (laughs) <laughs> it's like it's it's super cringy and they try to infantilize him but he's way too old to be infantilized like this at all so it's even more uncomfortable and just bizarre and weird and yeah <laughs> every choice that they make that is supposed to be a plot point on how they're finding out and or following this possessed person who's actually doing the killings that goes all the way back to the ouija board is like a leap of logic beyond what the film even sets up for you to be able to go with yeah right it's the weirdest fucking thing (laughs) (laughs) it's just so dumbfounding and like everything that they have done and every decision that they have made that literally just makes this film so confounded and convoluted and just completely nonsensical in every turn of storytelling that it makes and if that's the kind of thing that you're into like i can see why you're enjoying this film absolutely but for me this is just if it's not cringe it's just a big no no thanks for a lot the only way to watch this film to me is to riff on it when you're drunk with 
your buddies. Oh, this is a film that even MST3K would have a hard time with, like in the earlier yeah. days. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. not much going on. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's rough. And let's just let's finish this shit off. Let's go. Let's move on. Let's do it. All right, the final thirty. Well, they're hanging at Tony's, and Mike finally changes uh, into some different clothes, and the face comes out of the TV again. Uh, the pers- It's actually Tony's spirit. He says, Virgil, this demon, who apparently they conjured up with the Ouija board, he's the one doing the killings, possessing his body. Uh, and John is seeing all this, too, so he believes him. Tony says you have to use the dagger to kill him, and then tells him Robert will be the next victim. So John and Mark, they find Robert drunk in his tidy whiteies. They carry him down to uh, John's car, but he wants his pants. So Mike goes to get them. John decides he needs to get some cigarettes, so he goes to the store, leaving Robert in the car. Mike's eyes go red again, and now he's blind again, trying to find his way out of the apartment complex. While the killer Virgil slices Robert's throat. Um, John gets back to the car. Mike can't see, but he's telling him that the, the demon's there, and you got to get out of there. Uh, uh, John sees him. There's some peekaboo action where John's shooting around. And then finally he thinks he got him. And as he crawls through the car to see if he got him, uh, John gets stabbed up through his bottom of his jaw into his mouth. This was actually pretty cool. This is where all the money went. Yeah, this was a great effect, and especially what you're about to describe that they do with it, but the actor sells it well. The effect works really good, and you actually think you can see the knife between his teeth slide up and through to the top of his head. Um, Yeah. All really well done, and they actually move the jaw in where it's moving the knife a little bit, too, and it actually looks like it's really hurting him when he's, like, trying to scream, but it moves the knife too much and hurts him even worse. Like, all really well done. Like, the highlight of the fucking film, and probably the reason why I'll keep the Blu-ray, is that effect. Yeah, yeah. Is that that effect is uh that's that's good that's something else so good job movie you did something at least well you executed uh, this well yeah yes that's that's correct um so uh after that he runs away but the car is chasing him and then the cop shows up and the car comes up to him and the cops check it out and it's all dead bodies in there and Mike runs away from them again as he's running he sees visions of his dead friends and then he can hear Alex screaming for help so he runs to Alex's house who her family's having a fancy dinner and they want Mike to sit down and have some food this is just a weird discombobulated scene Mike says visions of uh Virgil outside so he just starts randomly shooting the walls and then takes Alex and they drive away he tells her all about Kind of what happened with the Ouija board and why Virgil's after him. And then somehow, just randomly, they drive by and see the knife sitting by a tree. Yeah, um, that is a perfect way of describing it. And yet, somehow, yeah. randomly, they see the knife they need just sitting by a tree while driving yeah, it's by. Yeah, just weird. That is some weird-ass shit. <laughs> I just don't get it. <laughs> no, it's it's just all of a sudden it shows up and it's just there and you're not supposed to question why or how. Um, they don't even set it up as maybe it's supernatural with like a shining light and then an ethereal noise or anything like that. It's literally they drive by and, oh, there it is. Yeah, right. And just, okay, I, I, I guess I, uh, I'll i press the believe button. Um, <laughs> Somebody's got to do something, yeah. Yeah. And then Virgil shows up and... They run away, and he sends out, and then they run through some shit, and he sends Alex away. He has to go finish this. Uh, there's some, like, Alec, Mike, as he goes back, gets hit with, like, flying shit and all that. But he's able to trap Virgil under some heavy equipment. And right he's going to kill him, Virgil pretends to be Tony, like, has Tony's voice. He's like, just leave. I'm just going to die. And 
goes, oh, and then Virgil's like, haha, I got you. And he somehow uses his mind control to float Mike in the air, torturing him. Uh, Alex shows back up with the detective. Uh, she grabs the knife and uh, Mike yelling at her to kill Virgil. She stabs him and Mike falls. But apparently Mike's dead as well. Um, we cut to Mike's funeral. Everyone's crying. She has the rose. Uh, it's kind of wilted and dead, but she throws it on the top of the coffin. It becomes alive. And she smiles as she hears Mike speak to her those words when he gave her the rose. Like how there's always going to be a doorway open between them. She's happy now apparently, but roll credits. <laughs> Yeah, um... Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. They wanted to have their cake and eat it too with the tragic yet happy ending of where she knows everything's going to be okay because their love exists still. Um, is she going to go get a Ouija board and try and summon him and then we're going to get Virgil too? Electric Boogaloo, don't panic again. I really hope not. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen anything, so I think we're all right. <laughs> yeah, this was not very good. <laughs> no, this was um, this was less than stellar. Yeah. Um, this is something just trying to cash in on the 80s slasher film craze and and poltergeist a little bit too with some of the tv shit that was going on or maybe even videodrome and it feels like maybe evil dead with how the demon possessed uh i know definitely nightmare of elm street too yeah nightmare on elm street 2 particularly the way that uh the body's slowly being possessed and stuff yeah Mm -hmm. there's a bit of jesse to this kid uh in that with his possession and not knowing what's going on and that that affecting his relationships um (laughs) there's just yeah it's a hodgepodge and a patchwork of a bunch of different ideas from other movies stitched together really roughly and just like a half-hearted attempt at making a film too it just doesn't feel like there was very much effort put into how the plot was put together how the story structure was supposed to be how we were supposed to feel about the characters and then there's that really ill-conceived idea of infantilizing our leads and some of the kids that are around with him like almost where you're trying to make it seem like it's a fairy tale with like young kids that are dealing with this demon possession after a party yet you want to be able to make it like a slasher and sometimes dress the girls as adults so they're not infantilized and then you have a sex scene between our young infantilized dude and his would-be girl and they talk about eternal love and they go on these cringy dates that are really hard to watch it's just every fucking decision that this film makes literally takes the incorrect turn away from what would make a good and entertaining movie and veers off into another direction and it's not the fault of the special effects for the deaths um those are actually really well executed but yeah. Some of the acting choices are really badly done and some of the directing around that in allowing them to continue to be that over the top and corny just feels like an attempt at an after school special type movie, really like that kind of effort where they're just making it because like they've got the budget for the local TV station to make a special for after school. Yeah. 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 It's just, oh, and the jammies, what is the fucking jammies, man? Yeah, they're infantilizing him. It's yeah, Yeah. it's really uncomfortable that they infantilize him, and yet they still want to sexualize him at the same time. Yeah, yeah, all of them. Oh my god, this is terrible. (laughs) It's just as cringy as the stuff that happens in the baby, you know. But at least the baby went all in with that bullshit on that movie, you know, where it's like, no, yeah, he's also sexually abused. Yeah, that straight up is happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's happening. So there you go. Sorry about that, everyone. Yeah, there is some weird sexual stuff going on in this movie as well. Yes, that is going to happen. Yes. You know, with the baby. Yes. 
Yeah, it just goes there, and it and it's it it admits what it is, and is totally an exploitative style film in what it does. This has that same feeling of what you experience watching what happens to Baby in his everyday life with his family. Yet it doesn't want to admit that that's what it's trying to do, or it doesn't realize that that's what it's trying to do. And I sincerely feel like the writer and director of this film made this as a cry for help. Like there's a little boy yeah. trapped inside of him that is feeling feelings that he can't deal with, and that's what this film like came from you know what i mean that but like he, to be it yeah but like he's hiding whatever that is wrapped around all the other allegories of what it is that he's trying to do in this film to the point where that cry for help is a muffled scream yeah <laughs> which is what gives it this really cringy like something just is not right here feeling the whole way through the film and if that was what they were actually meet make like they, this is what they meant to make it like like to feel like this and in all these levels, then great. You did an amazing job, but I sincerely doubt it. I think this was someone's like attempt at trying to say something about life, particularly their yeah. life, and just tripping and falling and breaking every single tooth in their mouth and having yeah. to get up and run away. Again, in baseball, this is what somebody would call a swing and a miss. <laughs> just a bit outside. Just a bit outside. I can't believe they're laying off pitches this close. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this film just it just is a it's, it's an epic failure it's a, a rolling a fucking one on like every try it's doing just just so bad just yeah. so fucking bad at everything that is trying to do and it's just this odd weird off-putting uncomfortable watch but yeah the effects were really good and that's like something that i have to keep saying like even the stuff where the, the head's coming out of the TV actually looked pretty fucking cool. Um, yeah, that, I mean that's where obviously all the money went. Yeah, all so. the violence, all the all the bloodshed, all the blood spatter stuff was actually pretty well done, with the yeah. exclusion of the girl sitting against the wall and they're just flinging blood at her. But that still kind of at least it was bloody. Right, at least there was blood there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if the possession makeup was decent too, the eyes when his eyes were possessed was decent too. Um, they just they couldn't figure out what it is that they wanted to do with this film, and we kind of stumbled along blindly until we reach the end of the film which is not even a natural conclusion that makes any kind of sense in the story other than we watch the character die yeah exactly I mean, that's <laughs> that is very much it jesus christ <laughs> it's just an epic failure on all accounts and it's yeah. i feel terrible for saying that but it's not like horror house on highway five where like we got the feeling that they were doing this on purpose and it made it genius that they succeeded in being such a film that like was so off-putting that that's the part that makes it horror you know like yeah right i don't get that feeling at all with this like i just feel like this was just inept filmmaking of the highest magnitude that the likes of which we've only seen before in like a manos kind of film or like yeah, you're, exactly. you're just trying but you are failing miserably at everything you were attempting to try you know uh -huh. <laughs> yeah no i hear that yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just i don't know man yeah the only thing they got right was the effects and i gotta give them that that's that's totally fine <laughs> If they were yeah, doing right? this, if they were doing this as an actual parody movie and they wanted to make it funny and they wanted to make it uncomfortable and like this awkward comedy and they could have thrown in some of that scoring for stuff, it definitely has that footwork to be there to do that where they could yeah. really make this an uncomfortable, awkward comedy with horror elements and it wouldn't take much. I mean, you just rescore it and it would pretty much work. You know what I mean? Yes. That's right. Yeah. No, and I agree with that. Yeah. yeah but they but are Jesus so Christ. obviously trying to make you take it seriously. And that just is such the wrong headspace to wrong, be in. It was the wrong attempt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was a miserable fucking plane crash at the completely wrong area of the airport they're supposed to be at. Yeah, exactly. You're just like, holy Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, let's just pull the chain on this and we'll do some psyop news. I'm going to play a song from a band called Falling in Reverse that I don't even know who the fuck that is. But hey, the song's called Don't Mess with Ouija Boards. So that's our song on the Pirate Radio edit before we do the psyop news. in reverse before because that's really not my bag baby that's that's not my bag baby <laughs> yeah just i don't know man just yeah wasn't wasn't yeah. wasn't for me if, if, if they are for you and you're a huge fan and you are really happy to hear them on the show then awesome for you that's just not for yeah, me yeah it's nice <laughs> for you but every, everyone can have a good day yeah yeah everybody's allowed to like whatever the fuck that they do or do not like that's absolutely fine let's just get out of talking about that bullshit and make everybody feel really good about their lives by giving them some psyop news a couple I found on my own. Ooh, Matt Psyop. Yeah, another Stellenbosch University student suspended for urinating on roommate's chair. This is the second urination scandal to rock Stellenbosch University this year. I spilled pee all over the place, but I cleaned it up. I don't know what they got a problem with. We actually have a clip so, for that. I know, right? Stellenbosch University has suspended a student who urinated on his roommate's chair at the Hellschrudage Men's Residence. This is the second urination scandal to hit the university this year. Professor Darius Renegoth, the university's deputy vice chancellor of learning and teaching, confirmed the incident and the suspension of the student pending investigations on Friday. The student is believed to be uh, a white student, while the victim is believed to be a person of color. He was also believed to have been drunk at the time of the incident. The Hell Shootage Residence Management was notified on the incident of the incident on Thursday, and uh, they then reported it to the relevant university structures for investigation. Shut up! Are you talking about penises? Quote, the incident involved an intoxicated student urinating on the chair of his roommate. The implicated student has been suspended from the residence pending outcome of investigation on the 22nd of September, Did 2022. Did he stick the needle down his pee hole? University Office of Student Discipline will probe the case in accordance with the new student disciplinary code. Uh, Rector and Vice Chancellor uh, Professor Wim D. Villers will decide on further action afterwards. The university considers details surrounding the investigation to be confidential, but must emphasize its deep concern regarding irresponsible use of alcohol on and around its campus, notwithstanding the extensive interventions and latest revised residence rules that regulate alcohol use in residences, says DeVilers. a jizz drinking game. In May, the university made headlines when Tunes de Toit was filmed after he broke into fellow students' Bablo Nowadays room and urinated on his books and laptop. 
The incident sparked public outcry and protests by uh, black students who accused the management of racism. Dutoit was suspended and later expelled in July after he was found guilty of contravening clauses of disciplinary code for students. Cameron Dugmore, the African National Congress ANC leader of the uh, the opposition in Western Cape, said more has to be done about the racist and sexist culture at the university. As we celebrate, uh, quote, as we celebrate Heritage Day today, it is painful to see such practices are still part of a toxic culture at the university, says Dugmore. So they have an epidemic of white dudes either breaking in or being the roommates of black gentlemen apparently from Africa and pissing all over their stuff. It sounds that way, yes. Wow. Uh, Yeah. Uh, He said uh, the ANC is trying to get in touch with the victim to offer him and his family support. We will will also support all those progressive forces at Stellenbosch on and off campus who are in support of the transforming, uh, who are in support of transforming the racist and institutional culture, which lives on their, uh, which lives on there in certain quarters, added Doug Moore. So, uh, yeah, I mean, nothing new, apparently. Racism on fucking college campuses, even across the globe, is something that's apparently normal. Yeah, that really fucking blows, but I'm not all that shocked, you know. No, it's institutional no. in a lot of places, and it just has to be cut out like a cancer. Yeah, it really does. Uh, but yeah, just people just busting in and peeing on other people's stuff. That's that's another level that you probably shouldn't be doing that. Uh, I'm t- I'm, it's just fucking terrible. Damn it, I can't find the one clip that I wanted at that exact moment. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh well that's that's uh, fine that's yeah, fine that's i'll just fine. i'll All just right. fucking skip it let's do another news story i got another one uh it's also me student arrested and accused of making nuclear threat unless the utah utes won you may take college football too seriously salt lake city a university of utah student was arrested wednesday after police say she threatened to detonate a nuclear reactor if the utes football team didn't win on saturday the 21 year old are worth a lot more than 60 dollars. i'm sorry i'm sorry there's a female football fanatic that is so far around the goddamn bend that she yeah. threatened to don't to detonate a nuclear reactor somewhere that she had access to unless uh-huh. the team that she is rooting for wins that's correct that's my fetish okay man that's weird <laughs> The 21-year-old woman was booked into the Salt Lake City County Jail for investigation of making a threat of terrorism. On Saturday, the University of Utah football team hosted San Diego State at the Rice-Essel Stadium. The woman posted threats of violence on the Yik Yak app before the game, stating that if the football team did not win the game, she was going to detonate a nuclear reactor that is located in the University of Utah, causing a a mass destruction, according to police booking affidavit. Police noted that the student does have knowledge of the nuclear reactor and is aware of where the reactor is located, attends class in the same building where the reactor is housed. America is a bunch of cunts. We really are. On Thursday, the university released a statement regarding the arrest, saying that even though the student claimed her comments were a joke, the school has a zero-tolerance policy for these kind of threats. Yeah, you probably shouldn't make those kind of threats, even as a joke. Yeah, you definitely should not make those kinds of threats. Oh, Yeah, that's uh, a joke. I I don't know about that. But uh, blowjob should be teethy. I I don't think it should be. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you can't make jokes like that and then just get away with it. Like if you're on campus and you say shit like this is my baby and I'll drown it in a bathtub if I want to. They're going to have repercussions for your actions on that campus. That's that's yeah, that's that's true. Uh, You probably shouldn't say that. The arrest comes just weeks after a 19 year old. 
uh, student was arrested for investigation of the same crime after he also alleged to use the Yik Yak app to make a bomb threat directed at the Spencer Fox Eccles business building. When that student was arrested, he said the threats were a joke and that he had had no intention to carry him out. By the way, the Utes did beat SDSU on Saturday 35-7. And once again, that's my fetish. That's my fetish. I mean, again, I'm moving that to a space bar. Yeah, they, that's they just, my fetish. It, uh, also, it's like that's like the second bomb threat at that school's campus now. So it, we got to check on our kids here because they're all starting to really seem a little fucked up. Well, they've been raised in active shooter drills for how many years now? We're going to start seeing some yeah. really yeah, negative effects of that, I'm sure. And then also, people take fucking sports way too goddamn fucking seriously, obviously. That's a fact. <laughs> That's my fetish. Hey. No, it's not. That's my alone. fetish. How dare you, sir? MacGyver uh, ain't got shit on me. Give me a fucking paperclip, some chewed up bubble gum, and a string. I'll get whatever dildo you need out of you. Corpse fucking. I can. I can do that. I can That's help my people. fetish. <laughs> I have a particular set of skills. <laughs> and that set of skills has to do with uh, dildo removal. Uh, let's just do one more news story and then we'll get the fuck out of here. I don't care how short this episode ends up being now. <laughs> All right. PUBG too violent and must be banned, says Taliban. <laughs> PUBG. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of irony in that. Yeah. Uh-huh. PUBG, like Crafton's multiplayer battle royale game, and the rival to Warzone and Fortnite, will be banned in Afghanistan in the next 90 days as the Taliban rules it leads young people astray and is likely to promote violence. In April, Namula Semagani, a spokesman for the Islamic Emirates of Afghanistan, tweeted that the game PUBG causes the young generation to go astray, and that internet servers across the country would be ordered to ban access to the Battle Royale alongside alongside popular mobile app TikTok. No time frame was originally given for the ban, but now according to the Kama Press, the Taliban has reportedly mandated that PUBG will be inaccessible in Afghanistan within the next 90 days. What's with all that asshole creep? That's what I thought. According to the South Asia Index, a news service reporting from areas including Afghanistan and Pakistan, the Taliban is banning PUBG as it is responsible for promoting violence. PUBG is previously a bad boy. <laughs> PUBG has previously been banned in China, India, and Jordan, so with governments specifically the targeting the right game's mobile throat. version. The Taliban has banned over 23 million websites across Afghanistan for promoting what it considers immortal content. PUBG maintains a keen player base with a peak number of 448,000 concurrent users during the past 30 days. Its latest update has made changes to the Destin map, as well as adding new vehicles, animations, and weather dynamics. Its central rivals in the Battle Royale genre, Warzone and Fortnite, are about to receive major overhauls in the form of Fortnite Chapter 3 Season 4 and launch of Warzone 2.0. So, uh, yeah, that's... uh, that's something funny, that PUBG is just too violent for the Taliban, apparently. That's just weird. No, there's nothing weird about it, man. Anytime a group of people want to tell you that something is not for you and you shouldn't really be getting into it or you shouldn't be checking it out, they don't give a shit about your well-being. They just want to make sure that they control what you can and cannot do for whatever reason. They don't want you yeah. to be violent you know, of your own accord. They want you to be violent because they tell you to be violent. Exactly. Yeah, th- th- their violence is okay. Yeah, uh, and they want you to be violent when they tell you to be violent, not yeah. in a way that they would have to deal with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Only be violent in the way they want you to be violent, not against them who also they want violence. So, 
Yeah, don't you dare read this book that talks about this subject that I don't want you to know about until I tell you that you're about to learn about it because it fits what I want you to do. <laughs> That's exactly yeah, what right? this bullshit is. Yeah, banning books, banning video games, banning anybody's access to anything is not about protecting you. It's about limiting what you can and cannot experience it's because it may make control. you think differently than what they want you to think. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, it's all about <laughs> control all the time. <laughs> If I had any control, I would have never, ever allowed myself to watch Don't Panic for this show. But I have yeah, right? no control over it. We got nothing going on here. <laughs> oh, fuck this. We're going to just end this goddamn bullshit fucking show. <laughs> Honestly, dude, I don't know how much more of this I could take. We got to start getting better films, and this is all my fault, and I feel terrible. I was going to say, you can't be telling me. I don't know shit. <laughs> Yeah, this is my fault. This is all on my shoulders, and I feel terrible about it, which is why I'm at my wit's end on this show, dude. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I feel like I hate myself, and I hate you, and this is the only way I can make us suffer. I guess. Maybe. That's, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I hate you and me, too, but Jesus Christ. Maybe even this is going too far. <laughs> and with that, we're going to end the show. We're going to have L7 when we come back with Ouija Board Lies right after this. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Metal Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.
I am a fan of L7's music, and you may not be. Maybe you enjoyed the previous band more than you enjoy L7, and that's totally fine. That's absolutely fine. Maybe you even enjoy the film that we discussed, this Don't Panic or uh, Dimension Occultus or whatever it is. You know, maybe you're a fan that's of that, lies. too, and that's that's fine. We, do, we, we kind of no, are maybe a little lies. bit... We're maybe a little dubious on whether or not that we can believe that you can enjoy it. But if you do, that's fine. It's fine. It's it's totally fine if you enjoy the film. It's great if you enjoy L7 as much as I do. And I'm sorry if you don't, but I'm playing it on the show. And it's okay for you to like what you like and dislike what you dislike. You know, as long as it doesn't hurt somebody else, then it's fine. Yeah, that's true, I guess. But it makes it hurts me. It hurts my feelings. (laughs) Well, if you'd like to find the previous instances where Matt has lied about whether or not something hurts his feelings, all the 300. 71 previous times that he has made that lie are available on legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops dash podcast lies i would never how dare you sir (laughs) oh man that's all you got you're like i don't give a shit i'm not going to give you anything to bounce off of just fucking get this show i don't know what do you want me to say i don't lie everything hurts me i'm uh i'm always hurt It was bored hurt. (laughs) If you'd like to soothe the ever hurt snowflake that is Matt Psyop, one place where you might get a chance to do that is our Legion Discord chat. He shows up there at least once, I've seen. At least once. I I plan on trying to show up more as soon as my time allows me to do that. People are working over 70 hours a week, so... (laughs) Things are crazy for me right now. Instagram feed where you can get all of our memes, cinema underscore psyops. You know what you got to do to get there. Go to Instagram, search for us there. The show's name Cinema Psyops. All you got to do is put an underscore in between the two words and you're going to find us on Instagram. That's right. Our Facebook group and Facebook page is both named Cinema Psyops, which is the easiest way to find us on that place, even though there are tumbleweeds all over the place. I'm still getting friends requests from people that are like fellow podcasters and things like that. So it's not completely dead, but yeah. um, I'm I'm getting the same thing, so yeah, and I'm just I'm not I'm not there as much, folks. So Legion Discord chat, or I guess you can interact with me directly on Instagram. But if you want to find me on Facebook, I'm there, and I'll, I'll show up every now and then. But don't expect too much out of me. Yeah, I mean, don't expect too much out of any of us, please. <laughs> if you'd like to expect too much out of us and write a big old diatribe about why we need to be readily available and make content tailored to you specifically, and not just a general broad audience that we can reach, you can send that to cinemasyopscord at gmail.com. Yeah, right. Jesus Christ. Because we're apparently just here for you. I guess it's whatever you guys want to do. Well, while you're out there being indignant as listeners, wondering why the fuck we keep insulting you, kick the fuck out of this week and make it your (laughs) hit.
can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yep. Can you hear this? Corpse fucking. Corpse fucking. I sure can. <laughs> you wish you couldn't. Corpse fucking. I saw corpse fucking. This. I actually saw a part of a movie uh, this weekend that some chick was corpse fucking. Really? Which one was that? Yeah. Uh, I got to get the name of it. And she was the one who watched it. <laughs> it was some really weird, like really B movie flick. But this chick decided to leave a party uh, and went back to her job at the morgue. It was like one of these Halloween episodes where these guys are telling horror stories. And so she leaves a Halloween party as a naughty nurse, gets back to her job at the morgue, decides to drop acid, and then she has sex with the corpse. Yeah, I definitely need that title because I need to watch that for uh, academic purposes. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll make sure to get that to you. <laughs> I am uh, recording on my side now. Uh, one, two, three. <laughs> Everything's coming through. Perfect. Are you uh, in the bedroom again? or? Yeah, I have to be. Yeah, for right now. Oh, wow. It's still flooded down there, huh? It's not flooded, but it's still pretty well damaged down there. So Yeah, okay. It's going to be a bit. It is what it is, yeah. Um, yeah. If need be, uh, we can set you up with a uh, makeshift recording booth that we can just hang some blankets from. <laughs> PVC <laughs> pipes to like cut down the echo just a little bit. But yeah. I mean, that's only if you're going to be stuck there for the foreseeable future. Do we have to worry about that? It can. I'm two, three weeks is fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> Not that I really give that much of a fuck if we keep doing movies like this. So you yeah, no don't, shit. don't panic, right? Is what you did? Yeah. Yeah. Don't panic. <laughs> I panicked, though. I really did panic. <laughs> All right, and no clips because you panicked. Yeah, no clips. Uh, it, the, the thing will be, it might not be a lot of clips in, for the near future just because of my time constraints of getting anything done. Well, we have uh, a French film coming up next, which is in French, so. <laughs> so, well, then no clips then either. <laughs> yeah. I realized I misnumbered the schedule, and I technically was missing an episode because I misnumbered all of the episodes in the schedule. Somehow, I got one ahead of where we actually were, so Whoops. I had to fix that this morning. Ah, all right. <laughs> so, for, like, no reason at all, we're going to... Yeah, yeah. This is future episodes that I, I had ah. to shift stuff around. So we haven't got to any of those. So yeah, I uploaded a uh, late 80s William Lustig film, which uh, may or may not fit in with everything else that we're doing. I don't know. We're all over the board this year anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, pretty much. It <laughs> seems that way. All right. Well, I got music for this week that is uh, somewhat befitting of. It's all about Ouija boards. So All right. Ouija. Let's get this going. Cutting I figure your makeshift show. seating arrangement isn't that comfortable, so I'll get you out quick. Thanks. Three, two, one. being indignant as listeners wondering why the fuck we keep insulting you kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch <laughs> well done that was a good one i haven't seen Jesus. the numbers for fucking months and like i'm not even doing it for listens anymore i'm literally just doing it because like i can't stop <laughs> yeah it can't stop
won't stop. <laughs> but why don't you stop recording? Yeah, all right. That's that's probably a good enough spot to do that.